God really does have a plan for every one of us and our lives. Um, it's been said that He is writing the story of our life. Stop trying to take the pen away. Let Him write the story. Let Him do in our, our hearts and our lives what He desires to do. When we are born into the family of God, we become the object of God's loving care. And He desires immediately to begin to work on us, to begin to work in us, and to begin to work with us. And we need to recognize God's desire to carry out and orchestrate His plan for our life and allow Him to do that. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 and 7 says this. Listen carefully. For those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. And He scourges every son whom He receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Discipline. He, he trains us. He develops us. He tests us because he has a plan for our life. And in order for that plan to be orchestrated, in order for that plan to be carried out, he disciplines us. He chastens us. He helps us to mature and develop to become what he desires for us to become. Sometimes it can be a difficult journey. Sometimes there are challenges that we face that we feel like we're, we're trudging through life on a dead-end street. It's really leading nowhere. But in the midst of that, God can be doing miraculous, marvelous, and wonderful things if we will allow Him. This morning, I want us to look at a text that is probably for most of us a fairly familiar story. Back in Genesis chapter 22. Back in Genesis chapter 22, we find a story of Abraham and Isaac. It's a familiar story to, to most of us. We've heard it over the years. But in relationship to, to our, our message today, I want us to look at three things that, that uh, we need to understand about God's work in our lives. If you would this morning, and we have heard the terminology over the years, we, when we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, we become part of His family, we become a lump of clay. And He begins to mold and make us into what He desires for us to become. Now, as He is manipulating and, and forming us, how we respond to that work oftentimes determines how well He can accomplish what He desires to. If we become stubborn, if we become obstinate, if we become lethargic or lackadaisical in our attitude about God's work, it's harder for God. doesn't mean that He'll quit. doesn't mean that He'll give up. doesn't mean that He won't discipline us any longer to try to reach the desired goal for our life but it makes it harder for God to accomplish His goal if we're not in unison and harmony with Him, moving in the direction that He would have us to go. And so He keeps on working with us. Listen to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, what it says. So, then do not be foolish, but 
understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, what the writer of Ephesians, Paul, as he writes the church at Ephesus, is saying, he said, it is foolish for us to fight against the will of God. It is foolishness for us not to join in unity and harmony, moving in the direction that he would have us to go. And he says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. Recognize what God's will and desire is in our life, and then go with that. Move in the direction that he would have us to go, and and don't be disobedient, but be obedient. Don't be stubborn, but be cooperative. Don't try to to change his mind or direction, but follow in unison with him. And so, as we look at the text today, I, I think about Abraham. And realistically, if we look over the life of Abraham, we would kind of consider this one of the, if not the final test of Abraham's life in regards to his faith. Probably what we would look at in regards to his final faith exam, if you would. And and he's been through a lot of experiences in his life. He's gone through a lot of things, but this is the culminating final faith exam for Abraham. And so we begin in chapter 22, and notice what it says in the very first verse. It says, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. Well, two things I want us to note about that verse. The first is this, is, is that God does test us. He doesn't tempt us. He would never tempt us to do what's wrong. God doesn't do that. But He does test us to determine where our faith is, where our obedience is, where our commitment is, where our trust is in relationship to Him. And so He is testing Abraham. It is a final exam of his faith to see if his heart is where it should be in relationship to the Lord. Notice the first part of that verse. It says, after these things. Well, what things are we talking about? Well, we go back to the 21st chapter. It is the coming of Isaac, the birth of Isaac. Remember, way back earlier in the Scriptures, God promised to Abraham that he would, through him, develop a, a nation of people, that there would be a multitude of descendants of his, and yet he had no children. He had conceived a child through a handmaid, which is a different scenario and circumstances from us today because of the events of biblical times. But in relationship to that, he was not the heir. Ishmael was not the one who would become the heir to to Abraham that God had promised. And so God had promised that he would have all of these descendants, all of these kings and rulers and, and significant people in history that would come from the lineage of Abraham. Yet, how was that going to happen? We know that when Abraham was 99, Sarah was 90, that God allowed her to conceive a child. And that child would become the the one through whom God's promise would be fulfilled. That's interesting to me how how God chooses one person, one child, that His promise would be fulfilled through that person. Kind of like His promise for our salvation that would come through one single individual, and that would be His Son. But but we go back to Abraham, and we see that, that now it came about after these things. After God had fulfilled His promise, and and Isaiah begins to to uh, to grow, Isaac, excuse me, begins to grow, and as he begins to grow and develop, the message of the Lord comes to Abraham, and, and as the message of the Lord comes, He says, "This is what I want you to do. Listen to me. 
I want you to take your son, your only son. And I want you to, to go to Moriah, the land where there are mountainous regions. And on a mountain there that I will describe for you, in other words, I'll tell you which mountain it will be, I want you to sacrifice him as an offering to me. And that's the first thing that I want us to see today. I want us to look at the troublesome instructions. Sometimes God's instructions to our lives are troublesome to us. And sometimes they seem to be a, a little bit challenging or, or a little bit difficult for us. And, and so, so Abraham receives this troublesome instruction. And, and God's promise is going to be fulfilled through his son, but yet in relationship to that, God says, now I want you to sacrifice him. You see the problem? <laughs> you see the struggle that Abraham would have? Or, Wait a minute. God, remember what the first verse said? After these things, God, you said that you would send me a son that would be the, the, the avenue for the descendants, multitude of descendants, and you've done that. Now, wait a minute. You're asking me to sacrifice him? You're asking me to give up his life when he's the very one through whom I expect that, that your promise will be fulfilled? And so he receives this troublesome instruction and he begins to, to, to wonder, what is God going to do? How is God going to take care of this? And, and yet, he knows that God will. He, he trusts God. He believes in God. And, and so, he begins to follow through with God's instruction. And so, that brings us to the second thing, and that is intentional I want you to notice what the Scripture says. It says, Early the next morning, Abraham saddled the donkey. He got everything that he needed to follow God's instruction, and he headed out. He didn't know where he was going. Going to Moriah. What mountain? We don't know what mountain. We don't, we don't know. But, but Abraham intentionally had everything that he needed, including his son, to obey God's instruction. I wonder sometimes in our life if we intentionally obey or intentionally disobey. I wonder sometimes if we receive instruction. This is God's direction from His Word. This is what His Word teaches us. This is what His Word leads us to do. And yet we go, well, well, wait a minute, that's a little bit too much. Let, Let me do what I think is. God, you're asking too much of my life. You're, you're asking too much of me. That's, that's too great of expectation. Let me tell you what I think would be fair. Let, let me do what I think would be okay. Abraham didn't do that. He had intentional obedience. Just because that, that there was no delay doesn't mean there was no struggle. Just because immediately the next morning he did intentionally what God instructed him to do doesn't mean that, that Abraham wasn't struggling inside. Where's all this going? How's all this going to happen? What, what does all of this mean? I, I'm sure those things were going through his mind, but yet he intentionally obeyed God. It, it's not wrong for us to wonder, God, how, how are you going to work this out? God, how are you going to accomplish this in my life? I feel you calling me or leading me to do this thing or that thing. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to get there or what's going to happen. There's nothing wrong with questioning that. But are we obeying? Are we t- intentionally obeying what God instructs us to do? Or are we intentionally following the direction that He's given us through His Word, 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, through the teachings of the Scriptures? Are we intentionally obeying and following the direction of God? Trust and obedience go together like a hand in a glove. If we trust God, then we'll obey. And so sometimes I, I think that that our lack of obedience is tied directly to our lack of trust. We haven't seen Him. We haven't felt Him. We we haven't been able to lay our hands on Him. And and so while we believe, we don't fully trust. And because of that lack of trust, often we don't obey. We don't intentionally obey. But Abraham had intentional obedience. He did exactly what he had been instructed to do. And so he loaded up the donkey. He took two servants. He took the wood that he needed. He took everything that he needed. He took his son, and he did everything that that he was going to do in order to go make the sacrifice. He even took the knife that he knew would take the life of his son. He intentionally obeyed God's instruction. No hesitation doesn't mean there wasn't some doubt, doesn't mean there weren't some questions, doesn't mean that there wasn't some struggle going on his side, but he trusted God enough to know that he had to do exactly what God instructed to do. Brings us to the third thing, and that is provision of the Father. And we know how the story develops. They reach the mountain that God instructs. It's just Abraham and his son. And he's there, and he builds the altar, and he binds his son, and he lays him on the altar. And the Scripture says that he reaches, and he takes the knife, and he raises it up. The knife is here. We're three feet away from completely obeying God's instruction and sacrificing his son. He would take his life, the blood would come out, and then he would set a fire because God instructed him. And that's exactly what he intended to do. And he raised the knife, and he was prepared three feet away. God stops him. And God says this, listen to these words, Now I know. Do you think God already knew Abraham's heart? I know. There's no doubt in my mind you already knew. He says, Now I know, since what? Since you have not withheld your son, your only son. Now I know what? Now I know your obedience. Now I know your trust. Now I know your faithfulness. Why? Because it was an outward action of what was in his heart. In his heart, he trusted God. In his heart, he had faith and belief in God. In his heart, that he knew that, that no matter what, if he obeyed God, God would provide. God would work it. Why? Because he had gone all the way back to when his wife was barren. He'd gone all the way back to all of these years without uh, an heir, without anyone who who would uh, take on the family name and continue to grow as God had promised. And then he saw God deliver. And over and over and over in his life, he had seen God deliver time and time and time again. And so his heart trusted in God. His heart believed in God. His heart knew exactly that God would do what God wanted to do if he just trusted him and obeyed him. If he just was faithful to God's instruction for his life. And so here he stood, three feet away from taking his son's life, the very son that had begun the promise of God for his life. And and in that moment, God said, Now I know, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, let me ask you this morning, 
it that God desires for you that you What is it that God has instructed you in your life for you to obey, for you to be faithful, for you to trust Him, for, for you to move forward in a particular direction in, in something that He's called you to, and you're holding on to it. You're withholding it. And He has said, hey, listen, just go ahead and let go. Let me lead you. Go ahead and let go and let me direct you. Go ahead and turn it over to me and trust me and have faith in me and believe in me and I will see you through this no matter what it is. And yet we don't trust. And yet we don't have that amount of faith so we're holding on. We're withholding it from God. He says, give me your heart. Give me your life. message to our heart today that He is calling us through trouble, troublesome instruction, through intentional obedience, and, and through finally allowing ourselves to receive His provision for our lives. What, what is it that He's, he's saying to us if you will just trust, if you will obey, if you will not withhold it from me, I'll work So this morning, I guess what I would encourage you is that as believers in God, that we need to trust and obey whatever His instruction is, whatever the direction is, that we will intentionally follow that direction, not withholding anything, that we would surrender everything to is simply this. Do we trust and are we willing to obey our Lord, our Master, our King? Are we willing to
thank you for examples in your word like Abraham, who, who fully trusted you, who, who intentionally obeyed you, who did exactly what you instructed him to do. He knew that you would provide and that you would lead and direct the path that he was following. Father, help us to have that kind of faith. Help us to be able to pass the test, the final faith exam in our life, not withholding anything but surrendering everything to you as we trust and obey your instruction. Help us as we go this week to do just that. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Think we need to share before this is study tonight? Yes. No study tonight. Okay, I just want to confirm.